three, two, one. Welcome back to another episode of AT Talks. This is a special edition. This is not topic four and this is not topic five. But um, go ahead and introduce the six people who are going to watch this video to what we're going to talk about today. <laughs> uh, okay, well, first off, if uh, those of you who don't know me, I was on an episode of AT Talks about a week and a half ago. Uh, my name is Alyssa Manneman. I am an athletic trainer in the collegiate and university setting at a D2 university here in Southern California. Um, but today, I kind of like, I reached out to Thomas because I wanted to um, talk about uh, difficulties of being a young professional, specifically in the athletic training field, and also um, things that newly certified ATs might face uh, that they might find difficult, something that you don't necessarily touch on uh, in your undergraduate or master's program, but you can only really uh, find out through experience. So that's kind of what we're going to be talking about. All right. Uh, let's, let's start back in the very beginning when you have your degree, you have your certification, you have your licensure, and, and you're looking for a job. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you struggle getting your first job? Was it hard to find one? Um, I don't know if hard is the right word. Um, my ideal job of my ideal setting, yeah, that was hard. Um, obviously, there were um, obviously there were jobs available, um, but they weren't necessarily where I saw myself. Um, uh, uh, when I started getting into the athletic training as a certified athletic trainer, I wanted to get to the university and collegiate level, um, but there were, wasn't jobs that were the right fit for me at the time. So I did start in the industrial industry just to try it, honestly, and see, you know, maybe this is, would be a good fit. You know, you never know until you try it. Um, but it definitely, there is an increase in ATs, and there needs to be an increase in AT jobs available. And especially in California, as we've talked about before, um, it's hard because you have these ATs who are posing as ATs um, because there is no regulation on licensure and certification here. Um, that are taking jobs from certified athletic trainers. So that does make it uh, hard in that aspect. What I noticed when I came out, so I got my bachelor's in 2016 and I went straight into a teaching assistant position for two years. Right. Master's degree in kinesiology, movement science, emphasis and strength and conditioning. Mm -hmm. Give me something else to do if I get bored of this or if I wanna do something else. But I noticed there was a lot of job postings but there weren't a lot of jobs interested in me. I remember you mentioning that, yeah. Yeah, so that was fine. Like, I had a very small network in Illinois, mm -hmm. and it, it was very small. And I was applying for jobs, you know, California, New York, Virginia, North Carolina, Colorado, Indiana, mm -hmm. Illinois, Wisconsin, uh, all over the place. And that was, that was my first initial struggle was just getting someone to say, hey, you don't have a lot of experience, but we're willing to take a chance on you. Right. That, that's it, my first struggle. That is the old adage, you need experience to have a job, but you can't get experience without mm -hmm. a job, you know? So it, it's 
that one person who is willing to take a chance on you and it kind of breaks open the door. And I think that's something that young ATs need to know is that you have to be persistent. And once your foot is in the door, then you create your network and then like sky is the limit. Um, because I see a lot of young ATs after graduation get really um, discouraged because they're like, I didn't land my job, my dream job in the first three months after graduation. Yeah, it's not always going to be that way. Um, but look at is it as an experience maybe to try something like the industrial industry, mm -hmm. maybe in the clinical setting, maybe in a setting that you weren't familiar with. Um, that you can, you know, maybe build your resume and see where that leads you. So now that you have a job and you're starting to build your network, right? What were the other barriers or struggles you started running into uh, when when you when you started working? Yeah, so kind of takes me to present day right now. So I'm okay. all right. Yeah, so I'm about two years into um, my new life as a certified, um, and don't get me wrong, I absolutely love it, and I was worried, you know, being here, that I'd be like, okay, did I make the right decision, and I 100% did make the right decision pursuing my schooling in this, like, subject matter, but I think something that's really unique to the setting that I'm in, too, is um, getting respect just based on your age. Um, one thing that I notice is because I am in the college and university setting and I am a master's student at the college and university that I work at, um, it's very hard uh, for me personally to establish a line of AT and student with my athletes mm -hmm. um, because I am very close to age in most of them and some of them are even the same age as me. Um, you know, it, it makes it a little bit hard of, okay, guys, I know you see me on campus, but now we're in AT mode. Okay, guys, I'm, <laughs> I'm off campus and I'm going to class, but there still has to be a level of respect. And I, you know, you, I, I appreciate that you want to open up to me, but there is certain things that we need to keep aligned with. So I struggle with that, um, you know, making that line not blurred and it does get blurred at times so it's kind of hard and it really is your age yeah so i'm at the school and change of periods and stuff and i have a speaker in my office like uh, the office is like 15 feet by eight feet and there's a speaker here so <laughs> no worries yeah no it's a it's a tricky balancing act on that line of professional and friend and and someone they can talk to and someone they probably shouldn't tell you things about but they're going to tell you anyway mm -hmm. and you know sometimes you're that kid's parent sometimes you're that that kid to tell them no this is right this is wrong you can't be doing this you shouldn't be doing that this is what you should be trying to do so it gets very tricky because i'm at the high school so i have 14 15 16 17 8 year olds yeah and a lot of our homes are broken and we're below poverty level and they don't have a lot of good mentors leaders or just family in their life so then they use me because i see them monday through saturday mm -hmm. for the entire season and then if you're a multi-sport athlete you're going to see me for instead of four months you'll see me for eight months right so it's like how, how do you do that and be professional 
but also make an impact on multiple levels. What if I'm yeah. No, definitely. Um, I think that's the the thing that I struggle with too is, yeah, you want to make an impact. You want to make these kids feel like you have somebody that cares about them and cares about their needs other than just being an athlete. And you want that to be known, but then you also get told information because there is a trust developed Mm -hmm. that maybe I don't need to know that. Maybe I don't need to know what you did on Saturday night, but I care about you and I want you to be safe. So that's always been a struggle in these past two years is finding that respect level more than anything. You know, I understand how you talk to your teammates and I'm glad you view me in the same light, but you can't talk to me like that. And that's something I really have had to advocate for myself with the help of my other ATs that are more experienced in that field. You know, um, the fact of being caring and being compassionate but also, you know, developing the, the um, respect level. So, I mean, it's a still work in progress, but it's, um, and for the longest time, I'm kind of like, am I the only AT that's having that struggle? <laughs> Is it just me? But then it, it makes me relieved to hear that, you know, you have the same kind of. Um, we all have it. Everyone, yeah. Everyone's having it. Yeah. Uh, a couple of my kids come in. They they go, hey dad, how you doing? Hey, yeah. <laughs> hey, hello. And hello. <laughs> they're like, what are you getting me for my birthday? It's like, what do you what do you want? It's like, I want a bag of juicy uh, candy or chips or something, you know. And yeah, uh, I love that. I hate that. But I'm also the unprofessional athletic trainer. For say, if I if I have a headache, right, and I need some ibuprofen, and I go to Walgreens, which is a mile and a half down the road. Mm-hmm. my kids at Walgreens I'm going to embarrass them flat out I'll be like yo Clarence and I'll be like dude shut up shut up dude shut up like, <laughs> hold on man your boy right and a lot of people will be like what are you doing that's not professional but we're having fun you know and makes me happy it makes them happy we all get a laugh and we all move forward yeah and you know I think there's a difference between being unprofessional and being fun mm-hmm. you know and yeah, it's just, it's, it, we're in such a unique, uh, unique situation because obviously we don't handle like grades, you know, for the most part, some people might, you know, with their athletes, but, um, you know, so there's not really discipline that we can take towards them. Obviously we can alert a coach when things get out of hand and stuff like that. But, um, and then you also want your AT room to be like a comfortable spot, you know, and it, it, it's a sliding scale. Yeah. And it's different for everybody because everyone has different opinions and everyone has different personalities. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, when school gets out at 2.30, at 2.33, there's going to be three or four kids that walk in here. They put their bag down. They say hello. They say, what's up? How you doing? They might stay here for five minutes. They might stay here for half an hour. Doesn't bother me. I don't mm-hmm. Now, if we're busy, I have to come out and do stuff. Most of the time, we're not that busy. Like right now, all I have is men's basketball, and we're transitioning the spring mm-hmm. downtime. So, so, but then there's other athletic trainers that say, "Hey, get your crap out of my office." Yeah. If you're not hurt or you're not injured, you don't need me. Yeah. That's fine too. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm not saying I'm right. I'm not saying I'm wrong. you know, just whatever. Uh, yeah. I noticed that a big struggle I had. So I'm from. Illinois, and I never really been to Indiana. 
And for the most part, they're the exact same state. Mm -hmm. <laughs> to East Chicago, Indiana, the culture was something I've never experienced in my life. Uh, I was not up to date with what I was walking into. Mm -hmm. I was an outsider. And it, my skills didn't matter because I was an outsider. It was a very tight, close um, community. 50% mm -hmm. Hispanic, 50% African American. And here comes this guy that comes in, they don't know, they don't trust, and they're saying, we're doing this. You're walking into their house and you're saying, we're doing this, we're doing this, we're doing this. And they're like, whoa, we're not doing any of that. So it took a long time to where I felt like I was tolerated because the coaches and the kids and the administration didn't have, like I was there regardless of what they thought. Great. Long time for me to feel accepted. And then once I started being accepted, I could push policies, I could push emergency action plans, I could push relationships, I right. could make impacts on different levels and just medical, rehab, preventative. So that was a major struggle of mine. Yeah, and and I'm glad, and I don't, this might come out wrong, but I'm glad that you acknowledge that mm -hmm. because there is a change in culture from where you go on the map. Obviously, like living in Southern California, you know, I was very exposed to different cultures very early on, but like mm -hmm. you said, that's not the case for everybody. And just the fact that you even acknowledged that and noticed, you know, okay, this might take some time and trust needs to be established as opposed to coming hot right out of the gate and saying uh -huh. A, B, C, and D needs to get done. And if it doesn't get done, you know, we're going to have a problem, you know, because there are some people who would approach it that way as well too. But I think, you know, establishing trust, too, and, you know, everything, you, a village isn't built in a day. You know, Rome wasn't built in a day. So it, sometimes it does take time. Yeah. And my, my advice to anyone who is struggling uh, to connect with the people in their setting is to win the athletes. Mm -hmm. And if you can win the athletes, you typically automatically win the coach because you have all their athletes right and then once you have the athletes you can reach out to the parents or the parents can reach out for you for the coaches or administration but i just start with the kids do your job the best you can make an impact and then that knowledge is going to spread and other people hopefully will welcome you in and if it's just bad all around then maybe that's not the place for you right yeah definitely okay yeah, and definitely. And I would, I think you say it too, that our job is 80% being people, yeah. persons and our people, you know, um, associating well with people and 20% medical, you know, and don't get us like, don't get me wrong, we're, we are medical professionals, and we mm -hmm. do know what the body is doing and all that stuff. But, and I tell my kids that too, and I say, you know, how many times have you been to a doctor's office and they don't make eye contact? They don't, you know, even touch you and be like, okay, here's a script for whatever you need, mm -hmm. you know? So just making sure that the patient feels heard and listened to and nurtured in some way is half the battle. And um, another kind of topic I wanted to talk about as a young AT too, like a struggle is um, I feel that uh, we are afraid to say no in our new job settings as certified athletic trainers and there are people that take great advantage of that you know and um 
there's definitely people who don't appreciate the work-life balance and the old adage is, you know, oh, well, you're young. So, you know, kind of pay your dues. And um, I wanted to touch on that because if there are any athletic trainers that are in that situation, you do need to advocate for yourself because work-life balance is important if you're 20, if you're 30, if you're 40, if you're 50, if you're 60. Um, you know, and that's something that I've had to learn and not feel guilty about, you know, when I do need a day off, you know, asking my coworker, Hey, can you take this game for me? You know, I'm really loaded with studying and nine times out of 10, there is a cooperative work environment or somebody willing to help because they get it. Um, but yeah, if you've struggled with that too, I'd love to hear it. <laughs> well, it's, it's easy to fall into uh, that that hole because we're always looking to prove ourselves. Yeah, do that. Don't worry, I can do that. Yeah, I'm the man. I'll do that too. No problem. Yeah, I'll take care of that Saturday. Oh, I can go on that road. And you you just you're always trying to prove yourself because you're new. Mm-hmm. Show people that hey, athletic trainers have value. I have value. Look at all the cool things I can do. And then next thing you realize, you're saying yes to everything. Your, your work-life balance or work-life wave is totally off. You're eating like trash. You're not training. You're not sleeping well. All of a sudden, you're you're laying in bed thinking, all right, dude, just get in the shower, go to work, make it through today, make it through tomorrow. Such right. Days. You, can, you got this. And then you're miserable. Right. I'm terrible at saying no. If you, like, if you text me something, I'll say no. You ask me to my face, I'll be like, yeah. no problem, no issue. You got it. Right. That's on all levels of things. Yeah. Oh my god, I'm very that person too. <laughs> yeah, I I, st- I struggle with it now. I've been here for almost two years, um, and like there was no such thing as no in grad school. Everything was yes. Oh my gosh, yeah. And in undergrad too, you know, if because I feel like in undergrad you were always in a competition with the other people around you mm-hmm. to be like, no, I am serious about this profession. You need me to work eight hours unpaid. Yeah, I'll be there. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, it was used as, okay, you're developing your clinical practice, which you were, mm-hmm. but then you also have to learn that you're not a student anymore. Like you're not a, I mean, you're always a student in the sense of your learning, mm-hmm. but a student in the sense of, you're not being graded on how many hours you put in anymore. And it's not a requirement that you work 60 hours every week, Mm -hmm. um, you know, depending on your job setting or contract, but um, you know, not being afraid to advocate for yourself. Yeah, you are young, but you're a young person who is fresher into the field, you know, than the people who have been here 30, 40 years. And maybe, um, they were never taught to advocate for themselves, which is why they're burning out, you know, so, and you want to prevent that. So definitely. Yeah. And I, and I feel like it, it happens very quickly where you're just, you're untouchable. You're like, no, I can't touch this. And you're crushing it. And then all of a sudden just boom. And you're like, Oh my goodness. What did I do to myself? Right. Most of the time it's self-inflicted. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, I get it. Uh, another struggle or barrier that I did not realize when I was in school. So when I come on 2018, in my mind, I, I know the vision of what a strong sports medicine program is and what is adequate health care and what's the standard of care. Right. And then you get somewhere and you try to implement those policies that meet the standard of care. 
and you're just hit with barrier after barrier after roadblock and barrier. Mm-hmm. And um, it's either people or it's funds or it's other resources. And mm-hmm. I never knew how much of a struggle that really was. Absolutely. Like yeah. you hired me, I'm medical. Let's, let's make this place safe. Right. And then it takes six months to get a policy through or you've been there for 18 months and they, they won't get uh, like a wet globe bulb temperature device or a wet bulb globe temperature device, you know, and you're doing like heat index, which is 10, 15 years out of date. And it's like, right. we don't have the funds. And then they buy something else. And you're like, oh, we did have the funds. You just didn't care about healthcare. Yeah. 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 I, and that's a frustrating aspect too, because, you know, it's, it's hard because obviously we don't make our, our, our funds or caps that we're meant to, you know, spend in the year. So, you know, you say your, your budget is $10,000. Okay. Well, I'm buying tape. I'm buying all this, you know, I'm buying emergency equipment, but you know what? I also need to make this place look professional too. I need to maybe invest in things that are required by law that we have to enforce, you know, like, um, like a wet bulb thermit or a wet bulb, um, and then also, you know, I have to buy crutches, I have to buy this and that and stuff. But then, you know, when you ask for other, or you ask for help in that area, then you get shut down and, and you're kind of in a rock and a hard place because you're being told, okay, we want you to put the athletes first, but I'm also being permitted on what I can do to make sure that the athletes are first. So it, it is a hard, hard thing to balance. And that, that can make some of your relationships very, very difficult to, uh, to grow. Mm-hmm. As if you feel like an individual is preventing you from giving the standard of care, you're going to have a hard time growing that relationship with them. Yeah. And I, I feel like I, I fall into that all the time. Like mm-hmm. the people at my school, 95% of the time, awesome. Mm-hmm. And then the other 5% of the time, it's like, hey, we need some things. And it's like, nope, you can't have it. I'm just like, well, do you guys care? Or do you guys just care a little bit? Yeah. I, you know, and every place is different. And, you know, like we have real struggles. Um, like the poverty here is real. It's a declining city. It might have been going down for 20 years. There's not a lot of jobs. A lot of the people don't have insurance and right. are struggling to pay utilities. Uh, like I, I get it, you know, but we buy a lot of things too, and I would like to be involved in that. Yeah, yeah, and you know, involvement is important from an AT too because I feel like you get input from the students, but also see it. Um, it we just have that unique role, you know, where we are very close to the students, and we get to hear what they need, and mm-hmm. they feel comfortable disclosing what they need as opposed to you know, sometimes they won't be as comfortable with the coach. And, you know, sometimes we can echo what they need and what we see they need, but is it's who's willing to listen and be on the same mission sometimes is, is um, the struggle. And like you said, do you really care or do you just care a little bit or when it's convenient? And I think um, as ATs, we're conditioned to care all the time, which, you know, it makes a good caring person but not everybody shares that willingness to advance and improve so that is a struggle um you know 
it, it's a constant struggle, unfortunately. You have to have a voice at your organization as well, because there's not that many people out there who are going to support you the way you would support you. And if you have a voice, then you can't reach those individuals. So you have to build every single relationship you can within your organization. Mm -hmm. You can be heard. Yeah. You know, it's not enough just to say, hey, Mr. Mrs. Athletic Director, I need A, B, C. Okay, well, now you're like coaches. I would love to do that for you, but I don't have it. It's for people. I would love to offer better care, but I don't have it. But you can go, hey, parents, um, I know your kid plays soccer, but when we have a football game and a volleyball game and soccer going on, I'll be at the football game. So if something right. happens, there's a delayed care. Mm -hmm. So that's what we have. That's what we're dealing with. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, you know, it, you know, often you get, coaches and in your case parents well why weren't you there i can't be three places at once unfortunately it's not that i don't want to be there i'm not in my office you know watching netflix <laughs> um you know but i i can't be everywhere at once and you know you're right your son does deserve an athletic trainer who's there you know a b and c times um, but unfortunately, we don't have it. If you would like to see that change, I recommend you using your voice as well. And I can definitely echo your concerns as well, too, because I do agree with you. But unfortunately, we're working our we're doing our best with what we're given right now. And I also believe if you're put into that position where you can do more. Uh, if you give more time, I don't believe that's fair to you uh, as the medical provider either. If practices go 8 to 10, 11 to 1, you know, 2 to 5.30 and 6 to 8, well, I don't think you need to be there 12 hours a day. I think that's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. So there's also a balance of, of that as well. Mm -hmm. Oh, well, you weren't at Saturday basketball practice. And you're like, you're right. But six hours after basketball practice, I was at the wrestling, uh, 16 wrestling meet. Yeah. It's that work balance. and. You can't do everything by yourself. Yeah. And you need to get another individual. Yeah. And sometimes it's even just explaining to the other person, mm -hmm. you know, what you are dealing with, because, you know, from a, you know, from an outside perspective, you might just, they just might see, oh, well, that AT wasn't there at that competition mm -hmm. or, you know, she showed up right on time. Why wasn't she early? You know, and you might say, you know what? Um, I'm really sorry that you feel that way, but you have to understand that I'm going to be here, that I have events going on until 7 p.m. at night, which means I'm here till 10 p.m. at night um, after cleaning up, documenting. So it was either give myself a 15-hour day or give myself a 10-hour day. So, you know, or something like that. And what I explain to people is, okay, the match may start at three, but I'm here at 12. You know, we as athletic trainers, we just don't show up when the match starts and leave when it goes home. So there is additional time that we do spend behind the scenes. So you might not see us and you might just think we're in our office watching Netflix, but we're documenting, we're getting things ready for the next day. We're, um, you know, treating athletes who are hurt at that event. And there might be several events going on at the same time. Um, and it's the same thing for there. So even just kind of explaining that, because I know I tell my students, you know, uh, I've been here since 10. Where have you been? Well, the game doesn't start till three. 
yeah, but I'm here. So, you know, you can get in here for treatment and rehab too. I just don't show up when I want. And then they're like, oh, I thought you just showed up. No, <laughs> you know, so even just explaining the circumstances that you're being dealt can honestly kind of open eyes and be like, okay, I'm sorry. You know, you're right. You do have a point there. Is there anything else you want to talk about? Uh, no, I think that, I think we talked on a, a lot of things. Yeah. yeah, I feel like that was a good 20, 29, 30-minute episode coming up. <laughs> so. Yeah. So we're good to end the recording? Yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks for proposing the topic last night and being available today. Yeah, thank you for making time to speak yeah. to me. Um, and I urge anybody else who has had these same who's had these same struggles I urge them um you know to get on here and hopefully talk about you know their struggles as well too or yeah it's a casual conversation if you want to come on come on you know like I didn't have anything scripted written down I'm not judging you know just either (laughs) put it out there you want to judge you can judge but I'm just here to talk all right have a great week and hopefully the weather's nice out there in Cali Yes. Stay warm over there in Indiana. <laughs> it's like 40 degrees today, so it's warm for us. So. Oh, you can break out the shorts. I didn't even wear like a zip-up or a quarter zip. I just wore a t-shirt. Spring is on the way. <laughs> yeah, it's All right. You have a great day. All right. Thank you.